0: Hello and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. Tonight I want to talk about a topic that doesn't get spoken about that often. Pastor John said, I want you to speak on this topic, and I'm like, oh snap, I don't even like this topic, Pastor. He said, I want you to talk about it anyway. I'm like, yes sir fasting I want you to talk about I choose fasting I'm like fasting get behind me Satan you mean you mean, you mean fasting you mean that thing where we have got to give up the thing that we love to encounter God more yeah that thing I'm like well hello and I actually feel tonight there's actually an anointing on this word because fasting is actually a very key uh, strategy of God to move us forward but it's something we don't do a lot anymore. It's something that's not spoken about a lot. And as I was preparing this, I actually felt God challenged me to fast more. Steve, you need to fast more. No, no, God, this with word's not for me, God. I'm, I'm delivering the word. It's for everybody else. God said, so like, yeah, right. You probably need it more than anyone. I'm like, oh, convict me, Lord. I got challenged as I prepared this, God. Wow, I need to fast more. But you know, the key to a challenge is this. It's not my notes. side note. Key to a challenge is this, you can be challenged and it moves you for a moment, but then you choose to do nothing about it. Your life will never be changed. Every Sunday, we get challenged by a word that's spoken. Every Sunday, we come into an encounter with God and He stirs our hearts up. But the question I have is, what do we choose to do with that challenge? Do we just hear it and then just continue to do our day-to-day things and nothing changes? Because I think that's where a lot of us live. But God would say tonight, would we not only hear, but we, would we allow it to convict and then would we choose to bring the change? Because ultimately we think God, convict me and then God, you change me. God says, no, 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 you change yourself. I've given you every key that you need. I've given you every tool that you, that at your disposal to be able to position yourself for change. There are things that you need to do. If you wanna connect with me and see more of me and encounter me more and my presence more, then you need to choose to pray. You need to choose to get a paradigm shift about what that would be. But if you wanna take your life to a whole nother level where you would see God manifest himself in a whole new way this year in 2020, then don't just be convicted tonight, but choose to do something with it. Yeah. I God, yeah, anyway, God was speaking to me about that. Just as I was talking to you guys, I'm like, he's like, you make sure you fast, Steve. I'm like, oh, okay. If you're talking to me, God, I'm gonna tell everyone else too. God's telling me off, He's telling you all off, all right? The discipline of fasting releases God's anointing, God's favour and God's blessing over our life. Fasting prepares you for a whole new level of God's anointing. I don't know about you, but I want a whole new level of God's anointing because I know that's where we're called to live. When we live with a whole new level of God's anointing, then the supernatural becomes a reality for our life. Miracles become a reality. Breakthrough becomes a reality. Hearing God's voice a whole lot clearer becomes a reality and should be a key part of our life. Living that life full of faith becomes a whole new reality when we live a life with a whole new level of God's anointing. When God's anointing is on you, you will succeed. When God's anointing is on you, you will walk, we'll walk through 2020 and not have it like 2019. It will be different and I guarantee it will be better when you have a whole new level of God's anointing. That's what fasting does. You see, every year we start the year planning and laying aside our plans and our dreams and our desires. How many have already set their goals for 2019? Yep, good. I'm glad nobody has. That was a trick question. You guys, you guys passed. Well done. Well done. Chris, you you spoiled my punchline, man. Uh huh. No, you didn't. (laughs) How many have set goals for 2020? Here's another question How many have actually prayed over those goals and said, God, are these the goals that I have chosen to set? Or God, are these goals that have come from you? You see, 2020, we lay out our goals, we lay out our strategies. For some of us, it might be to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend or to get married. If you're dating or engaged, for some of us, it might be to uh, see our, 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 our exam results and our schooling come to a whole other level, to, to, to be someone who would actually begin to share our faith within our schools or our universities. For some of us, it might be to see a promotion within our jobs. It could be that we would see our finances come to a whole other level, that we would learn to budget a little bit more, and instead of living day to day, that we would have an abundance of blessing that God can actually use. That might be some of the goals that we've set. It might be that we want to pray more, that we want to read our Word more. That's goals that often people set every year. That God, I want to get to know you more. Well, the reality is you have to choose to do some stuff to make that a reality in your life. Otherwise, it's going to be a goal on paper that never changes. The question I have tonight is, what price are we prepared to pay to see the things that we're believing for become a reality in our life? Because nothing will happen if you're not prepared to pay the price. There is always greater level of blessing, greater level of anointing will always cost you something. I remember when I came on staff many years ago, and I was so excited to be coming on staff two days a week. I was running my own flooring business at the same time. And I'm like, God, I am so blessed to be coming on to staff. Only the week that I was coming on staff, we'd had our second son, kind. he was a week old. I went and played cricket and I smashed my knee and was on crutches for two months. You see, whenever you're wanting to come to a whole new level, there's also the enemy that wants to take you out. There's also the enemy that would have the strategy to derail you from that whole new level of anointing, to derail you from the God calling the things the, that you're dreaming and believing for this year. And so therefore, if we're not prepared to pay the price to see us get to that whole nother level, instead what often will happen is we'll just be derailed instead. So what are you prepared to do To see God move in your life in a whole new way in 2020. What sacrifices are you willing to make? Nobody likes that word sacrifice. That is a word that we just want to leave on the cross that Jesus did for us. Jesus, you sacrificed your life for us and we just wanna leave it there. But no, 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 we're called to be like Jesus. What does the word say? Take up our, well, Drop the mic. Take up our cross and follow him. Take up our cross means that there's a dying to self to see God's name glorified. That there's a dying to our desires to see God's name honoured. That there's a a dying to the things and a sacrifice that is required to see us move into the fullness of what God has for us. You see, Matthew 17, verse 16 to 17 says this. So I brought him to your disciples. a, a, A guy brought a son to a disciples to be healed. And it goes on and says, but they couldn't heal him. And then Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. They bring the boy to him and he prays and delivers him of, of, of the demons and, and he gets healed. It's amazing how these are Jesus' disciples that, they brought, that he brought his son to. Jesus' disciples. The guys who've been hanging out with Jesus. The guys who had seen Jesus performed miracles already. The guys who were hanging out with God's presence, that there would have been a, 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 you know, the the anointing that Jesus was carrying, there would have been, you know, would have flown over to them as well. However, when they come and they now need to step up and do the thing that God's asked them to bring freedom to this boy, they can't do nothing. Why? Because they're full of, they're not full of faith. That's a challenge because these dudes have been hanging out with Jesus more than that face to face with them. And even then, they still could not do it because they did not have the level of faith that was required. You see, it's interesting that we can be in the presence of God, but still not be full of faith. You can turn up to church on a Sunday every week, lift your hands and worship Him and be in His presence, but yet still not be full of faith. You can go through the routine of coming to church and singing the songs, but still not living the life of faith that God wants us to. You see, we think that because we turn up to church that we have the God's anointing all over us. God is a good God and He does anoint you. But if we want to bring it to a whole new level, then we need to choose to put keys and develop things within our life. And fasting is one of them. Not only were they faithless, but it also says Jesus said to them that they were a perverse generation. You know what perverse means? Showing a deliberate desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable or unacceptable. So not only were they disconnected from God because of their lack of faith, but they were too connected to the world because of the perverseness that was in their life. You see, for every one of us, that is a picture of today. That is a picture of the challenge that every one of us face, me included, where we would remain in the place of faith that God wants us to and that we would not allow the attraction of the world to grab a hold of us. Because whether we like it or not, the world is very attractive. Whether we like it or not, the enemy has a great way of making things look awesome. But ultimately, his plan underneath all of that is to rob, steal and destroy. And there's always an enticement on us to, to, to go a little bit too far. Or God, how far can I get to the line without crossing the line? Maybe what if I just put my big toe over the line? Is that going to be okay? And then we fall over it and wonder why. Because there's the pull that is constantly there on every one of us, that we constantly face. The pressure to sleep around when you're dating, the pressure to drink, the pressure to alcohol, the pressure to look at stuff online, the pressure to you know swear or, or lie or, or do whatever to knock someone else down to you know, elevate yourself forward first. There's pressure on every one of us. You see, if we wanna increase our faith and shake off the things of this world, then it's gonna require us in 2020 to be a year full of God's blessing, God's promises, so that we can walk in the fullness of what He has for us. And the key to do this carries on in verse seven, uh, verse 21. It says in Matthew 17, verse 20-21, to 21, it says Jesus said this to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. But here's the key. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. If you wanna see a mountain moved in your life, then Jesus is telling us it does not go out without prayer and fasting. Not just prayer. There are some things that you cannot move unless you're prepared to pray and fast. There are some things that I believe we will never grab a hold of unless we choose to pray and fast. There's power in fasting, but we have to choose to have that a part of our life. We could choose to do a 21-day fast and that is phenomenal. But if that's the one time we do it all of our life, then I think we missed the point. Fasting is something that should be a regular thing that we consistently do. And that's what God challenged me about this week. Would you make fasting a habit? Would you make fasting a lifestyle? Would you make fasting something that you do consistently? Because I have a whole new level for you to come to, but I wanna know how much are you prepared to pay? How much do you want it? Key thought tonight, fasting connects us to God and disconnects us from the things of this world. Fasting connects us to God And then it disconnects us from the pull on the world. If the world's got a hold of you, if there's things attached to you that shouldn't be there, then when we pray, that is awesome. But when we, it connects us to God, but when we fast, it cuts off the ties. It severs the line that is holding you back from walking into the fullness of what God has for you. That is the power of fasting. Fasting without prayer is just a diet. If you want to get skinny, don't fast, just do a diet. Mm Mm-hmm. Fasting, is to, is, uh, fasting has to be connected to prayer. You can't just fast and not pray. Otherwise it's just dieting, it's just going without, and it's not going to have any impact on your life at all. We're called to fast and pray. What does it say? Prayer and fasting. Prayer is awesome. We need to do that. But fasting on its own is just a diet plan. We talked about last week about the power of prayer, which connects us to God. So when we fast, it disconnects us from the pull of the world, from the things that would hold us back, from the things that would take place in our life that God wants to fill. You see, for every one of us, that's our challenge. Would God, would we place you in the rightful place, in the centre of our life? Lord, would you be the number one desire that we have instead of the pull of the world, instead of other things that often can easily take that place? When we fast, it pleases God because we express a heart of worship and gratitude to Him. It puts Jesus right in the centre of our life and says, God, I want you more. I want you in the rightful place. It takes us deeper into His presence, declaring that we're pursuing Him with everything that we've got while we're removing the things of this world that have entangled us. Fasting enables us to hear God's voice in a whole new way. If you've never heard God speak to you, then why don't you fast? God will speak. I wanna declare it tonight. Times I've fasted, I've experienced God's presence in a whole new way that I've never experienced before. A whole new way. It releases breakthrough because it takes a true dependency on Him. Fasting refocuses focuses us on eternal things, on things that God values. Matthew 6, verse 16 talks about, just after it goes through the Lord's Prayer, it talks about uh, when you fast, not if you fast, when. As though Jesus is saying, it's a requirement that you fast. Because it's something that God wants us as Christians to have as a key part of our life. Fast is not something that we just tag on. It should be part of who we are. It's not something that we enjoy. It's not something that we like to do, but that's why it's Fasting. It's a dying to ourself. It's a removing of our own fleshly desires. It's a removing of the things, as I said, that have taken its place, that God should be filling, that we've allowed to, to, to take the, 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 the center of our life, is that we actually fast to remove that stuff. Fasting is and should be painful. It should cost you something. However, it will change your life. You will experience God in a whole new way. Fasting can be from food. It can be from social media. It can be from... TV, gaming, anything like that. It's not set to one thing. Fasting is removing the thing that is fulfilling the place in your life that Jesus should be fulfilling. So if that's social media, if you're always on social media and you don't get to spend any time, God, I don't have any time to spend with you. Okay, well, how much are you on social media then? How about you fast? The 30 minutes that you spend on social media day, Mm -hmm, that's being generous. Or conservative, y'all. How about we fast the time that we spend on there, so God, we can use that time to connect with you. How about the amount of time we spend gaming, or we spend watching TV, we spend reading books that have no eternal value. I don't know what you know what it is for your own life. I thought our oh, work takes up all my time, so I'm going to fast that. <laughs> Pastor John's not here, so <laughs> you're <all> right then. <laughs> whatever you fast you need to replace that time that you would normally spend doing that thing spending time with God so if you're fasting breakfast don't just use that time oh awesome I can sleep in 30 minutes later no no you need to get up and pray because again it's just dieting the time you spend on social media if you're going to fast that then replace that time with spending it with Jesus, because it's all about spending more time with Jesus. It's all about spending more time with God. You can only put God in the place that He should be when we we connect and hang out with Him. And that's what fasting is. So whatever you remove, make sure, make sure you fill God in that place. Because if you don't put God there, something else will take its place. Something else will take its place. If it's not God, if you ha- remove social media, okay, cool. I'll just look on. I'm gonna have a you know, season of not looking at Instagram. Yeah, cool. If you don't put God there, you'll end up going to Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat. If he wants to snap a chat anyway, I don't know. Right? You gotta put God there. You gotta put God. There's a story of Esther. I'm showing my age, April, so calm down. We see the story of Esther. She needed God to break through in their life there was a guy by the name of Haman who was uh, the king's second in charge and he hated Mordecai who was Esther's uncle and she didn't like him and uh, she, he actually didn't like any of the Jews to be honest. He didn't like any of God's people and I bet the, the Haman, when he, he made this law that when I walk past you, you'll bow down before me and you'll basically, you'll worship me. And Mordecai, as Haman came past, he said, I'm not gonna do that because I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of God, sorry. Uh, my relationship is with God, not with you. He is the Lord of my life, so I'm not going to bow down and worship you and put him in that place. Instead, I'm not going to choose. I'm going to choose not to do that. And so he doesn't. And so therefore Haman hates him. And so what Haman does is he creates a strategy to to go before the king and end up having all of God's people killed off. Now you see Esther, who was Mordecai's niece, she was the queen. And so Mordecai went up to Esther and he goes, Esther, I I need a favor. All of us are about to die. And we need God to move on the situation. We need God to break through for us. What I need you to do, Esther, is I need you to go and see the king and, and you need to somehow get him to change his mind, you know, reveal to him somehow what Haman's doing, how he's a bad guy, just do whatever you need to do. But, but we need God's breakthrough in this situation. You see, the problem was this, is that no one could go before the king without being summoned. You think, yeah, but it's a queen, she can go whenever she wants, not in those days. Even the queen cannot go and present herself before the king without being summoned. If you did, then you ran the risk of being killed. He would have to lift his finger and say, yep, I accept you if they come. And so Esther, she was in a very difficult situation. She needed to go before the king, but yet she knew if she did, she could end up losing her life. So what's she to do? You know what she does? I love this in Esther 4 verse 16. Go and gather together all of the Jews and fast for me do not eat or drink for three days or three days night or day my maids and I will do the same and then though it is against the law I will go and see the king. if I must die I must die. What does she do? She calls the people to fast and she goes before the king She fast for three days she waits for another three days and then she goes before the king. And he accepts her and God moves on their behalf. There's another guy in the Bible by the name of Jehoshaphat. And three nations were combining together to take out Israel. Three nations against one. There's not great odds, right? He's freaking out. He's full of fear. He's like, God, I need you. And he says, and, he took, and, and he's asking for God's guidance. And in 2 Chronicles, verse 23 to 4, it says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance. So he ordered everyone in Judea to begin fasting. So the people from all the towns of Judea came to the Lord, came to Jerusalem and seek the Lord for help. What did they do? They fasted. You see, there's such a key to fasting. There's breakthrough when we fast. Key times to fast is to express love and worship the God. If you want to love God more, if you want to worship Him, then fast. When you need guidance, when you need clarity for your life, the team can come and join me. Then that is a time to fast. When you need a breakthrough in your life that you haven't yet seen, then fast. Because when you fast, then you'll find your breakthrough. When you need God's strength, fast. Sometimes we need to humble ourselves before God, then that is a time to fast. Sometimes we're in key seasons of our life and, and, and we're you know, at, at crossroads and we're not sure what direction to take, that is a time to fast. Sometimes we need to pursue God for more of His presence and that is a time to To fast When God is not in the centre of your life and things keep pulling on you, then that is a time to fast. When you're praying for breakthrough in somebody else's life and they haven't seen the breakthrough yet, maybe there's a family member or a friend that is going through something that is pretty significant and how about you fast on their behalf? Because you can also bring them into breakthrough by your fasting. Fasting creates a desire in your spirit that impacts your life more than any fleshly desire will. Joel 2 verse 12 says, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is still time. Give me your hearts, come with fasting, weeping and mourning. Remember the key thought, fasting connects us to God and disconnects us from the things of this world. We've got an encounter night on Wednesday night. And then we have one the following Wednesday as well, at seven thirty. And we don't just do it just to create more work for us. We actually do it because we want to lay aside time to commit this year to God. Because you say, "Yeah, but Steve, can we not do that on Sunday?" Yes, you can do that on Sunday. But however, sometimes God requires more—that sacrifice. And I don't know about you, but it's a sacrifice to come out on a night during the week that I'd spend time with family or connect with other people. That's a sacrifice. So it's a sacrifice for all of us to come out to connect with God. And so this Wednesday, I would love for every one of us here, if you want 2020 to be your best year yet, then you would choose to make the commitment to come out on that night and put God first. We're gonna be doing ministry. It's gonna be ministry time. We're gonna be connecting with God's presence. But not only that, I believe it's a season of prayer and fasting. So what could you fast? What's the thing that's Taking the place that God needs to be. Or maybe you just need to fast food. Fast food. Get it? Mm-hmm. Yo. But what I do believe is this, if we choose to fast, if we choose to make it a key part of our life, then man, we will set ourselves up for a successful year in Jesus' name. If we choose to lay aside, and here's the thing with fasting, don't do it because somebody tells you. Don't fast because someone says, you need to fast. Because it will never transform your life. Because we're too stubborn for that. We'll say yes, and then I'm not doing what He told me. I'm your own person, man. I'm a big boy now. Right? But what we do need to do is we need to go before God and say, God, what would you have me to fast? How long would you have me to fast for? God, is it a 21-day fast? Is it a Daniel fast? Is it a water fast, like a food and just drink water and stuff? I don't know. Is it God? Is it TV? Is it gaming? Whatever it is, God, is it one meal One day a week, God, is it one meal for every day of the week? I don't know. Fast for three days leading up to Wednesday night. It's completely up to you, but I want to encourage us, would we choose as a church to put God first and would we choose to fast? we choose to make it a key part of our life? Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspiredchurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.